0: The Braves Radio Network channel on the Podcast Park is brought to you by Truist Bank. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank.
1: Hey, welcome to Braves Country
2: yellow. Patrick Davis, so glad we got you on the line here, man. Thanks for having me, man. I'm a lifelong
3: brave fan. So this seems about right. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, how you doing, brother?
1: Man, I am good. I appreciate you asking. I was uh, stationed when I was in the Navy aboard USS South Carolina, so we spent a lot of time in your fair state.
3: So y'all down in Charleston? Y'all in Beaufort? Where, where's
1: that at? Uh, we spent most of the time in Charleston. We'd pull in there, and um, we did our decommissioning there for the ship. The people in Charleston were so good to me.
2: Originally from the small town of Camden, South Carolina, Patrick Davis is a southern troop songwriter and the leader of Patrick Davis and his Midnight Choir the first single from his new album titled Carolina when I die is coming this fall and nearly 80 of his songs tug have been recorded by the likes of jewel Jimmy Buffett Darius Rucker Guy Clark Robert Randolph Lady a Morgan Wallen and it just keeps going from there Davis is also an entrepreneur, launching the Songwriters in Paradise Festival series, part owner of two bars in Nashville, and he has his own Whiskey Jam Whiskey out of Charleston. Patrick Davis is a Southern gentleman and a lifelong fan of the Atlanta Braves and loves his University of South Carolina Gamecocks, and we're honored to have him join us today. Patrick Davis, welcome to Braves Country.
1: That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country, also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar. Best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994. Located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue. Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's.
0: The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money
4: Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer.
1: We always say the, the smartest thing the Braves ever did because you're a big South Carolina fan is they did these cool co-branded hats where they uh, have the Braves A on the front and then whatever your favorite university is on the side because we're all Braves fans through the week and then we cheer against one another on Saturday. The
3: Braves for many, many years have brought the, uh, the Southland together, I suppose. in a a pretty unique and uh, and special way. My favorite memories in the world are definitely, uh, some of my favorite memories are tied to uh, being a kid and, you know, even being an adult and uh, watching the Braves teams play. So, uh, yeah, man.
1: Yeah, it's it's super cool. And now I, I hear that you're a USC grad. I know growing up in South Carolina, just like growing up here in Georgia, you don't always graduate because I didn't graduate from Georgia, though I grew up a diehard Georgia fan. I always wanted to go as I got older, but it just didn't work out. And I went in the Navy instead and was stationed aboard USS South Carolina and was lucky enough to be able to go over to South Carolina and uh, the folks there were so kind when we would pull into charleston and they literally would pick us up and take us over to columbia and we'd go hang out on campus and i really enjoyed seeing south carolina and meeting the folks there i'd cheer for south carolina after i cheer for georgia because of okay. the experience that i had in south carolina being stationed on uss south carolina
3: yeah no we um you know I li- i've lived in nashville for 20 you know i think 21 years now and so i mean you know, I I do cheer for Bandy You know, you, sure. you kind of have. They're such the underdog. You know, they're they're just they're pretty. They're usually pretty terrible at football. So you know, you always kind of if they if they come out and, uh, and and come out swinging and get some team, and you you get pretty excited for them because and also because if you live in Nashville, any of you folks Nashville folks know this. You know, Vandy gets kind of like the back page of the sports uh, section, you know, and then you get like, you know, everything's UT, Tech, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. So um, so it's, it's good when Vanderbilt does have a moment where they uh, they they pull something off, you know. Um, I actually, I think I was actually – I was watching – maybe I wasn't at the game. I can't remember. I've been there for so long. But I remember there was that one game that was Bandy in Georgia a few years back, and it was a big game. It was a big like Vandy, maybe almost won or something. I can't remember. <laughs> James Franklin was a coach, you know, and yeah. it was like some altercation that, that after the game, and it was that was about as exciting as it could get for Vanderbilt football.
2: I graduated from Georgia, and uh, of course, when I did that, uh, you could just drive through town, and they would throw the the degree in your That's back That's what Louis Gizard said. But uh, speaking of those Vandy victories that are rare, you know, my folks came up for senior day, and man, they ruined homecoming for us between the hedges. Those Vanderbilt oh, did guys. They really? Yeah, yeah, they messed it all up
3: i guess it is a funny thing it's kind of like you cheer for uh same way in baseball like when i'm watching most baseball, i won't cheer for the american league if it's been a world series like i don't i don't want the american <laughs> all-star game to too i bet you just you just can't help yourself because you you know even though you know even if the Braves lost to you know who the, the, i don't know the, the the mets or whoever you know and maybe not the phillies i don't i have a hard time <laughs> the phillies me too but everybody else i'm kind of cheering for in the in the series so uh but yeah, that's just a kind of a. I I always say that sports bring us a lot closer together um, than we give them credit for because you know it's it's a common denominator. We can always we can always discuss something. If I meet, so I was just in I was in New York City uh, two days ago for an event, and um, you know if I'm I'm hanging out with somebody I don't know the first thing about them. But if, if the driver and the you know our driver to the venue is, is talking to us. I can start talking to him about the Yankees or I can start talking to him about it. He'll ask me questions about the Braves or he'll ask me questions about, you know, South Carolina football. You know, it, it's an instantaneous connection and I think that's that's the thing that we uh, we all crave, uh, a connection, and, and that's what sports does for us. Um, you know, regardless of what team we, we call our, you know, our home team, um, it, it gives us something, some common uh, ground to, to, to start from, at least when we meet people.
4: Yeah, so, no uh,
3: doubt. In my, in my especially when I travel all over the world, that's very important. And I, I even see it when I go overseas. Um, you know, not necessarily for baseball, but maybe if I, I know a little bit about soccer or something. You know, just having a conversation with you know, if I'm in if I'm in Barcelona, I can at least mention Messi. You know, like I mean, like you know,
1: it's something. It's just uh,
3: that sports. It's sports are very, very important to our uh, common good.
1: Indeed, it is, man. I don't know how old you are. I'm 45. We're by the same age. Okay, right on. So we yeah. grew up watching the Braves when they weren't like a really, really good team. I mean, Dale Murphy was. He was the star of the team and not many people went to the stadium so growing up that way do you still miss Fulton County Stadium because I do
3: yeah um I actually was thinking about that when we were up getting you know I know I was doing this interview so I was thinking about that because I was you know I, I went to Fulton County I you know I went to Turner and I went to uh you know the new stadium and, sure. and Fulton County I was such a kid you know growing up in South Carolina that was a four-hour drive. Camden South Carolina is about four, four and a half hours from Atlanta. And I remember taking a trip or two to Fulton County as a kid. And, you know, that was an all-day affair, but it was a big deal, you know. And and you're absolutely right. I remember sitting in the bleachers as a kid thinking that was where I was going to catch a home run ball, you know. Either that or play uh, one day. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I I, I watched, and and I remember just being the the stadium completely empty. (laughs) Yeah. I went to game Five of the world series this past year the last game that we had at home when uh when uh we hit the grand slam in the first inning everybody yeah. lost the five but i remember that you know the difference between that experience and that first experience at Fulton. it couldn't be any different but it still felt <laughs> it still felt the same because it still felt like you were surrounded by you know for those of us that grew up with the braves being terrible um it was really it's really nice to see us. Uh, you know, over the past 20 or 25 years. For the most part, it's been pretty enjoyable, you know. But those first, uh, those uh, Rafael Ramirez and Glenn Hubbard years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were thin. Pretty, <laughs> they're pretty, but, yeah, no, I, I definitely think um, yeah, the good old days of TV. I mean, I just, I just you know, I, I, you talk to anybody our age or older, they're definitely going to remember those days of the summer, just, you know, coming in and turning on. Um, my, I didn't have cable as a kid in my house. I grew up way out in the country, so I went to my grandparents' house almost, you know, daily. In the city, and I would watch, uh, you know, I'd watch WGN and you'd watch the, you'd watch the White Sox of the Cubs, and then you'd wait on, the, on TBS and you'd watch, you know, Dale Murphy and uh, I don't know, Bob Horner, who was the phrase back then, you know, like those, those, those glory days. Um, from uh, from those when we were just god-awful.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you can name-check Rafael Ramirez like that, though, you're definitely a, a true Braves fan, i got to tell that's, you. That's legitimate right there on number 16. Yeah, and Murphy was my favorite, too. I, I got to see him hit two home runs in one inning one time at Fulco, and that was probably the highlight of my younger Braves years before we did start winning like that. It Was was that your favorite Brave of all time, uh, Dale Murphy?
3: Uh, yeah, you know, it was a kid, it, it had to be like, I mean, everybody wanted to be Dale Murphy. If you grew up in the South, man, you've you couldn't help wanting to be Del Murphy. That was pretty much it. Like, And then I think... Somewhere around like, you know, 90, 91. I mean, I know when, when, we, when, the, when they made the run against, the, you know, when they beat the Giants on the last day and everything, which was, I, I still remember that being a real, you know, I was probably you now 13, 14 years old or something. And, and that, that was just, you know, those formative years of your life and, and your teams winning. It was like it couldn't get any better. I was actually, I'm a, I'm a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan too, which I know seems strange, but I grew up in, you know, a small town in South Carolina. We had three channels it was either the Cowboys, the Redskins, or the Falcons. And I, I, the Falcons were terrible. No offense to all my Atlanta people, but they were horrible. <laughs> and, then, and it was either the Redskins or the Cowboys. Or I just picked the Cowboys because, well, I, don't know, I watch Westerns. I don't know. But it was during my middle school and high school years, the Braves were amazing and the Cowboys were winning the Super Bowl. And I thought life was always going to be roses. And, and, you know, can you cuss on this? I won't, I'll try not to. We're gonna be like, you know, just gonna be, I was going to be championships and roses for the rest of my that's life. True. I quickly learned that's not the case. Being a Cowboys fan, trust me, that is not the case. But the Braves come back around but uh but yeah man it was uh, it was yeah. But, uh, Del Murphy was definitely the guy but when I got a little older you know then all of a sudden you fall in love with Ron Gant and David Justice and uh you know I loved uh, you know of course everybody was glad. And Smoltz was was the man and and then I guess Chipper would be pretty much the everybody's favorite brave for you know it, it, from the from the 90s on I think Chipper pretty much uh, runs the game you know, my little sister has a, has a damn dog game Chipper, so there you go. That tell
2: you about <laughs> talking to Patrick Davis, patrickdavismusic.com if you want to check out his music, and uh, we'll get into some music and other things in a minute. I know you also like golf, and we actually met at the Caddyshack Golf Tournament in St. Augustine, Florida with uh, Bill Murray and the Murray Brothers, and Jimmy Vivino was there even. And It's a great charity tournament and a, a concert and an auction that benefits uh, food banks in the St. John's County area surrounding the Murray Brothers Caddyshack restaurant. I know uh, Jamie John and Randy Hauser and Aaron Lewis have been performed last uh, couple of years and um, even our old buddy uh, Mark Owens the Brave Stadium announcer was down there and that was where I kind of was like w- I was wowed by your band man you were you were fantastic you were kind of like the house band and a uh, Tug Bill Murray even gets up with Patrick Davis and his Midnight Choir That's and uh, awesome. and sings a bunch of songs
3: Yeah man uh, well uh yeah shout out to uh the, the Murray, Bill and the Murray brothers and uh, my buddy Chris Seely that, that kind of runs that event um uh, I guess uh, being a uh, South Carolina, you know, uh, I was born in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, um, but it was only there for a very short time. My dad was a, trying to be a guitar player in Nashville. and He lasted a few years, and then right after I was born, they moved, moved us back to South Carolina. So I'm a South Carolina boy through and through, in my opinion, but but I, I love Charleston, and Bill lives in Charleston and has uh, well, lived in Charleston for many years. His kids are down there and stuff. And so Bill would come out and see me play. Um, and I I'd met Bill's, uh, I guess, kind of his manager, um, uh, my buddy Chris. Uh, at the Hootie and the Blowfish Tournament, which is the Monday after the Masters Tournament that happens every year in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I think that's been going on for about 25, 26 years now. And uh, the Hootie Boys, of course, are dear friends. We were just together uh, two days ago in New York for Craig Melvin from the Today Show, another South Carolina Gamecock. Uh, we did his charity event up in uh, New York uh, on Sunday night. But anyways, but we do a lot of charity golf events. That's what music, charity, and golf kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, there's a lot of that stuff. And the Caddyshack tournament, I believe, has been going on for, I want to say, I
2: can't remember if it's I 20 it's years. 17, still, maybe? Right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, it's
3: getting close to it. And, uh, and and so, over about you know about seven or eight years ago, uh, Chris uh, asked me um, if I would like to come down and, and do the uh, the Murray Brothers. And, uh, you know, Bill had seen me play in Charleston a couple times and, and uh, liked what we did. And, you know, before you know it, it, it is kind of surreal. It's like, uh, you know, you're you're, you're hanging out with these people that you just kind of watch. It's, it's no different than knowing some of the Braves players, you know. It's it's the same feeling. It's like, you know, I I, I do Jim and Tabitha Furek's event every year in uh, in uh, Jacksonville and uh, we play music for it and there's golf component and they raise a, a lot of money. And, and, you know, I met Chipper that the first time I met Chipper Jones was there and, and it was funny, uh, you know, it's the same feeling when I'm around Bill uh, as it is with the Braves guys because I'm like, I'm like hold on a second, we're not this shouldn't be happening. Like, <laughs> you, right. you, this you doesn't feel like, right. I'm, it I'm, feels so,
1: amazing, but not right. Yeah, I'm like, you
3: should be on a castle somewhere with like a dragon that protects you. I don't know. That's like, right. It's just, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's right. just, it's just a strange thing. But uh, yeah, Bill, um, you know the, the the Murray brothers, Andy, and uh, all the all the guys are just Joel. They're just they're so nice, and they've done so many great things down there. And that's I think the give back factor for athletes, uh, you know, uh, and and musicians is, is is very. We feel very blessed to do what we do because the truth of the matter is is that we. We kind of do the same thing we did when we were kids, but we get paid for it now. And it doesn't mean we don't work and bust our ass. It just means that we recognize that it's a very fortunate situation we found ourselves in. And I, I believe that that what that kind of is what ties a lot of us together. Because what I found is I've gotten older. Is a lot of you know. Is a lot of these charity and components start kicking in. I have a I have a 501c3 charity that that I run as well. And and all of that stuff starts tying in together. And. And uh, I think we just want to give back because we feel like whether or not we admit it or not, I think deep down inside, we almost feel like, uh, you know, we're some of the lucky ones because of what we get to do for a living. And and, and a lot of it is hard work and, and perseverance, but also a lot of it we feel like was just a God-given gift. And we need to give back to, to the folks that maybe need a little more help than, uh, you know, maybe they couldn't throw a, a throw a ball, you know, 101 miles an hour or they – but they couldn't uh, couldn't sing and play a G chord, you
1: know. I'm telling you, we've all been there. Everybody can relate to that, man. And
2: and when you're blessed like you are with that kind of talent or the ability to play ball or play music for a living, you really want to be a blessing and you want to help others out, and so that's great. And, you know, over $150,000 raised this year to support people in need down there, over $4 million in the the tournament's history so far. For more information, you can go to www.mbc.org shack.com That stands for Murray Brothers Caddy Shack. dot M B C Shack. To get involved and maybe go down there and play in the tournament or uh, be a part of the uh, the auction or just come down there and see our friends play music.
3: Yeah, no, it's a wonderful event. It really is, and, and, and like you said, that the guys do so much good for that community. And um, and Scott, it, it was great. as like at the end of the show, you came up to me and were like, "Hey, man, I do a podcast." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> and you're like the Braves. I was like, "I'm in." <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, right. yeah, you were. Because I could see. I mean. Everybody, you guys, everybody had that great vibe and great music, but I could tell that after talking to you for a minute that you were a true Southern gentleman and a, and a Braves fan. The only thing you had that we weren't matching up on was that USC thing. The only years I didn't really enjoy was when you had Spurrier. That was not, yeah. uh, you guys were really uh, dominant at the time, and, I, and I'm not a well, fan of they, Spurrier.
3: You know, I was at the game. No, man, there were was, was some amazing games. Though. Georgia, uh, you know, I, Athens is an incredible, you know, for a college city, I don't know if there's much better. You know, it really is a phenomenal town. I and I went to the. Um, I was on the sidelines for a couple of the games. I went. I just happened to be somewhere in the area, and so I, you know, I know a lot of the, you know the Gamecock stuff. I do a, a lot of stuff with with the university and, and things like that. So I, I remember the game that we ran that fake punt with Melvin Ingram, who plays in the NFL now, and and he ran it like like you know looked like looked like you know I don't know Earl Campbell running down the field just <laughs> running over. Uh, it was an amazing. That was an amazing game. I don't. I don't remember what the score, but was. But it was just back and forth, you know. And, and we were actually speaking of the Hootie Boys. I was on tour with the Hootie guys. We did. A, I, I was lucky enough to do a European tour with them a, right before COVID, like 2019. Into that, and that was that game that we won in Athens, which was a complete anomaly. There's no reason in this world we went. We beat you guys, um, but we won. And we watched that game. We were playing a show in London at the uh, Hammersmith Ballroom, I believe, which is, like, one of the most famous venues in the world. It's like where Springsteen's, like, concert that was, like, the biggest concert ever for him when he was 1975 or some Born to Run tour. It was huge. It's the it's Beatles played there. It's, it's unbelievable. And we literally wouldn't go on... Well, I played... The, I opened up, and I was getting updates from behind. every After every song, I'd go, like, what's the score? And they were <laughs> yelling... Yelling it back to you, I could care less about the gig. I ran, I ran back into the dressing room when I was done, and the Hootie guys were not going to go on stage until the game was over. And I remember Mark Dean, Mark Dean, Sony Darius were like, "If we lose this game, we're not going. We're not going out. We're not playing tonight." And we were watching it in the green room. So, uh, and they, they, we won and went out there. It was, it was an amazing night, but it was kind of funny to think about now because you're like. That's how much sports means to those right. that are just crazy sports people. We're playing a dream. Venue like a place you just don't get to play, and the only thing we care about is whether or not our you know a bunch of eighteen or twenty two to twenty two year olds are going to beat another group of eighteen <laughs> to twenty two year olds in a football
2: you gotta game. Got to have it's your pro so beautiful, Bam.
1: If you're born and raised in the South, like you feel that in your bones, that's not something you're just making up. Like people that don't get it, they don't get it. But people that do, man, do they ever? And I'll tell you, that game, I was sitting with some Clemson fans at their lake house on Hartwell, you know, okay. which is right down the road from. Clemson and of course yep. today because you know it's Clemson South Carolina they were cheering for Georgia and I'm a Georgia fan and I kept trying to calm everybody I was like it's gonna be okay we're gonna we're gonna be okay we're gonna pull this out it's gonna be okay until the moment it wasn't
3: <laughs> that was a crazy and I oh think my we gosh won three games the whole year and that's the thing about SEC football which right. I think is you know it's, it, it does make it exciting it, it is there's something different like you know football in the south is completely different I, I've been all over the planet and I, you know in America you can go to games but man there's nothing like SEC football in the south you know, I mean, it goes goes around. There's some, hey, I even say there's a reason Texas and Oklahoma want to be in the SEC, and it's I know there's money involved and all the other stuff, but, like, just the atmosphere, what the the rabid fans, it's a different thing. And Texas and OU have those fans as well, and, and maybe some of the other teams in those conferences aren't quite up to that, you know, that level. Um, but, like, I, I just, there's nothing like uh, college football. I, I get excited. And, you know, with the Braves being good, it also makes just such a nice, it makes the fall so much more fun. Fun because you know you got those first if if we if they can get in October the Braves can make it to October and you got college football it's just like it's like a you know a sportsman it's a dream you know it's a southern it's a southern man sports indeed
1: dream. <laughs> indeed man and being a Georgia yeah. fan and Georgia winning a national championship right after the Atlanta Braves won a World Series being yeah. here in Atlanta I mean it was unreal the place was bonkers it was like are we title town USA what just happened
3: uh, I'm getting married in a couple months. And I'm actually getting married on an off weekend for South Carolina football because I knew half of the people that were going to come to the wedding would have a tough decision to make. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. You have to plan it exactly right. I understand. And your bride is an incredible Americana songbird, Lauren Jenkins. So congratulations to you. Tell us about Lauren. How did you all meet? You can learn more about Lauren too. LaurenJenkins.com is her website for more information about her music and touring. So how did that all come about?
3: Yeah, music business, Nashville. Um, I I I actually ran into her in a... uh, in a in an airport, she was uh, she was uh, kind of uh, you know getting uh, getting going I guess uh, in the music business and I ran into her. and uh, and and you know and as as, as often happens with pretty girls uh, they pay you no know, attention so it took me a while I just I just, I was persistent you know. <laughs> And that was a uh, that was a number of years back, and uh, and we've been together for a while, man. And she's yeah, she's extremely talented and um, and, uh, and incredible. Uh, you know, I actually took her to, to give you a uh, for for this podcast. I'll give you this news: her first Braves game ever, Game Five of the World Series. Not, not a bad game to go to. And so she is now by proxy, she's a Gamecock, and she is a she is a uh, she's a Braves fan. She's actually she actually grew up in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, so she's a Cowboys fan too. So that's pretty perfect. Uh, everything else, I just. Had
1: to tell her, no, that doesn't count. You got to be a great fan. I love it, man. That's awesome. Hey, growing up in Camden, South Carolina, I mean, about 4,000 folks there now live in Nashville. Can you compare those two? Because you've been in Nashville for like 20 years. How does it feel when you go home now that you're a successful musician?
2: Uh
3: uh, man you know like uh, i think um nashville used to be a much smaller community you know it used to feel like a very small town um, over the past 10 years or so the best thing i can say or best way i can describe nashville is it's kind of become like vegas you know it's such a tourist destination you go into the airport the same bars that you see down on broadway or in the airport now you know it's it's just it's just madhouse you know so it's changed a lot um so i'm glad that i still have uh my hometown back in south carolina in camden uh to kind of go and, and get that feeling of community because you kind of lose that a little bit we've lost a lot of that in nashville it's still a great town to visit don't don't get me wrong and they're talking about we're going to get a major league baseball team which would be awesome um but i i love going back home to camden there's nothing like that you know um, those small towns the life you know breadth of the of the of the southeast and small towns, you know that's that thing that gives us, uh, you know, it makes us who we are, I guess. And uh, when I get to go back to Camden, it it reminds me of where I'm from, you know. It reminds me of of who I am. And and yeah, folks there definitely, um, you know, they they're they're. They're proud, you know we're all proud you know Camden's got a number of uh, professional athletes that have that have come from there, and you know uh, so people are proud of that, and they're also very proud of the fact that i've you know what I've been able to accomplish you know uh, there so that's a good feeling, but at the same time that the same people I grew up with you know I try to explain to people when I went to Camden High School in Camden, South Carolina, the same people I went to kindergarten with I graduated with you know <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just, and that and because of that I think I'm a very uh, it, it makes me you pretty grounded and also pretty loyal. You uh you I like things that are familiar. You know I like I like um I like eating at the same restaurants. I like when I go home. I like I like seeing the same people. And um and yes they might treat you a little bit differently, but at the same at the end of the day they remember you being a little shit kid. You know yeah, running around. That's right. Beer bought for you. You know trying to get somebody to buy you beer when you're underage. So so that's a good feeling, man, because that's uh that 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 kind of that that feeling's fleeting. Um, when you're traveling all the time so it's good to go back home and get grounded and um and so i love it man i think uh one of my favorite things to do is i fly all over the planet but but i enjoy driving as well and i like taking back roads like i, I like driving through small towns and just kind Me of just seeing what's out there you know that's that's that because that's the you know, and, and some of, sometimes it's a little sad because you know a lot of people moved out of the small towns, and and you know the the mill shut down or the, you know whatever, and you can kind of feel that when you drive through some areas. But but I think over the past few years, especially with COVID uh, happening, I think a lot of people kind of wanted to get back to the things that they they knew were real, something you could actually hold in your hand, you could feel, and and the small towns are kind of, in my opinion, they're kind of coming back, which is a which is a really great thing. I've seen it with Camden, and uh, and I, I don't know where you guys are from exactly, but. Uh, but you know, if you're from a small town, I think uh, people are kind of remembering how how awesome that is. We uh, we're, we're a little too uh, too busy sometimes. Yes, sir. Small town, they'll slow you down pretty quick, man. You drive those back roads around Athens, Georgia, man. They'll slow you down, and if you're not slowed down, it'll be some small town cop that'll pull
1: you over. <laughs> That's right, Barney Five,
3: with his one bullet in his pocket. <laughs> and if you if you got a South Carolina Gamecock sticker on the back of your car, <laughs> you're getting a get ticket. It.
1: <laughs> Dalton, Georgia, for me, man. Northwest Georgia, just uh, oh, yeah, south yeah, of I Chattanooga. I,
3: I drive right past it all the time. Uh, I, 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 you know, I drive it on the Nashville. You know, right there, uh, that whole area. That's and it's beautiful. You, uh, I go to a place called the um, uh, the Mclemore, which is a, it's a golf community up uh, in Rising Fawn, Georgia, yep. above Chattanooga. And sometimes when I drive from, if I'm in South Carolina and, I'm, and I want to go up there, I'll I'll pop up through some of those old mountain towns, man. It's just so beautiful, and that's a that's an area of Georgia that's uh kind of hidden, man. It's just a, it's just it's gorgeous though, man.
2: I'm from everywhere. I'm an Army brat, so I was uh was born over at Fort Gordon in Augusta, Georgia, in an airplane mm-hmm. hangar. But my family's originally from Dallas, so I got that Dallas Cowboys love too. Oh, cool. um, Look
3: at you. you got it figured out. You got Brave
1: and Cowboys. Yeah, we're, we're perfect. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, it, it. It. I'm telling
2: you, couldn't be better friends. But I love what you're saying about the small towns. I think we're having a small town revival across the South right now, and that's what this show is about, celebrating Southern culture and music. And let's talk some more about your music. Uh, Patrick Davis and his Midnight Choir, a 12-piece band with horns, background vocalists. I love that you have your father and sister involved. The Midnight Choir often includes uh, your dad, Rusty, on guitar, and your little sister, Megan, on backing vocals. Uh, What was your vision when you wanted to put this big band together?
1: This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country, also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar. Best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994. Located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue, Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's.
0: The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like.
4: Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer.
2: Uh, what was your vision when you wanted to put this big band together?
3: Well, I, gr- I grew up uh, listening to Southern rock, man. I grew up listening to the Almond Brothers and uh, you know Marshall Tucker and um, I don't know, just kind of this really big sound. I also grew up listening to Joe Cocker and and Ray Charles and and when I when I started doing uh, kind of getting into songwriting, I, I I really really fell in love with there's a, a songwriter that folks probably know him just because he was married to julia roberts but it's lyle love it and he he has a big band he has a, like a 17 piece, piece band and so you took like the songwriting aspect of what he did which i really liked and then i i took like my love for you know for like i said for for the for the almond brothers or springsteen or, or joe Cocker or van Morrison, and i and i was like man i kind of want to do a band that sounds like that you know that and, and i was fortunate enough as a songwriter to uh, find myself in a position where I could, um, you know, I guess afford that because that's a very expensive endeavor to take that many people for shows. You know, you got to be making sure you're making a certain amount of money, and uh, and I and I just I just had to. Uh, Fortunate situation where I was like, you know what, I really want to play some more, um, kind of get back to my roots, really, because what happens, um, just like we talked about small towns, you know, people moving out of the big cities and going back to small towns because they want to get back to what kind of makes them feel something. Um, That's kind of how it was with music. I'd, I'd written songs for a lot of people for a long time. And kind of just got burnt out on it, a little bit bored with the situation, um, and I decided I was like, I want to start playing music again out live, which is how you know most of us start. You know, most of us start playing you know in the corner of some bar where they're paying us twenty five bucks an hour, and maybe we get free draft you know free draft beer, mm-hmm. and we better play we better play some hits you know the current hits. We better play. Uh, I don't know, like back then it was Dave Matthews and walking in
1: Memphis. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Owen.
3: You better play it. But I wanted to get back to that, and that's kind of how the Midnight Choir kind of started, and that's kind of my touring outfit. And when I play, you know, in the southeast, um, if my dad can come, my dad is, almost 70 years old. He's an old guitar slinger. Um, He owns a guitar shop in Camden, South Carolina called Davidson Son's Guitar Shop, and he plays a 1966 Stratocaster that he turns up to about 11, and uh, he rocks, and and I don't put him in the band just because he's my dad. I put him in the band because he's a damn good guitar player, and uh, I always say my dad is is, uh, when I was a kid, my dad was famous in like three counties, you know, like he was air (laughs) clapping. I love it. So so we, uh, you know, and then my little sister, uh, she actually lives in P Tree City. Uh, Let's go! Megan. That's where yeah, I went
2: yeah. to high school. We continue to match up on this stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm a McIntosh <laughs> High School guy.
3: Yes, yeah, so she's over there with her husband, and uh, life, she's a lifelong Braves fan too. And but she she comes out and she's got a beautiful voice, so I get her to come out and sing when uh, when she can, and it's just a lot of fun. Um, I, I think the live music thing. I think once again, it's kind of like that COVID thing when COVID happened and the world shut down. Um, you know what? What were the things we really missed? And and I think that's why when the minute that it was okay for the world to kind of like or the world to say hey you can go back out to concerts everybody every band you've ever heard of was on tour the minute that was was done because everybody wanted to see live music i think and that and that feeling that you get on stage like you talk about caddyshack when we we met at caddyshack like there's nothing like that feeling of being able to, to play with your friends and your family on stage and and you know, for me, it's for me. There's uh, it's, it's very intoxicating. You know, I can imagine it's probably like it is for for you know for guys, athletes that you know when they get out there on the field with their with their pals and their, their teammates and they're they're surrounded by the you know the energy of the fans and the, the stadium and the, and the moment. Um, that's the same feeling I get. So that's kind of how that all started. You know, I, I still write songs for folks every now and then. If I get a phone call, you know, somebody wants me to write something, or if, if I get a chance to write with an artist that that you know. I'm definitely going to do it, but I, I kind of am much more focused on Patrick Davis and, and putting out albums. Uh, like I have a new album coming out. You um, know, probably the album will probably come out sometime early next year, but singles from that will happen in the fall. And I'm, I'm I'm lucky, man. I, I just, uh, I get to do what I love and I, I get to do it with people. I love, which is a pretty, uh pretty incredible thing, man. I, as you get older, you start realizing um, not everybody makes it this far, man. I had a little brother that was, that uh, passed away when he was 25 years old. Yeah pathway in a uh, drinking and driving and mm. and, and that wow. kind of makes you realize you're like holy shit man this the same forever, you know, and, and, and as you get older, every every day, you kind of realize that, so it's I feel like I'm very fortunate to get to do the things that I really, really want to do, and uh, I'm going to try to continue to do that first. I want to be Willie Nelson, man. I want to be like 90, and y'all just feel <laughs> me out. Let's go! <laughs> smoke,
1: Absolutely. Weed,
3: playing guitar. I don't really smoke weed now. I never <laughs> smoke weed, but you know what? If I need to to be Willie, I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. I did want to tell y'all this story just because I think this is something that I mentioned my little brother, and just to tell you how much of a Braves fan my, fan, my entire family is my little brother passed away uh in 2008 and my friend jewel happened to be playing uh singing the national anthem at uh at at the Ted, i guess or whatever you know the old time yeah turner field yeah and uh and so my little brother just passed away maybe a month or so earlier and we had him cremated and i was like he was the biggest Braves fan in the world to the point where we had a chipper jones jersey on his casket wow and uh my brother Roger was just—he was a great kid—and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna figure out if I can get some of these ashes on that field." So Jewel was singing the national anthem. So I said, "Hey Jewel, I need—I'm gonna come to i am gonna come to this, and I'm gonna get on the field." So I actually went on the field with her. Couldn't go far because she—they let her go out a little bit right. further. But I stood in the on-deck circle, and I had my some of my little brother's ashes in a Advil bottle. That's <laughs> and awesome. I poured them the on-deck circle because our seats were right, and I watched all the Braves players there. It was my little sister, Megan, and I, she, we, you know, she was crying. It was an amazing moment, but it was I'm sure it was illegal as hell.
4: <laughs> I'm sure they would have
3: gone the stadium down. They would have known that was what was there, but the stadium's no longer there, so I can tell the story, but my little brother, Roger, um, he would have thought it was the greatest thing ever, but I'll never forget that. I had to kneel down, act like I was uh, tying my shoe, and I dumped i my little brother's ashes on the on-deck
1: that's incredible dude i i I admire that dude i love that 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 i'm not going to quit until i get this these ashes to the resting place that they belong in in a place that was important to him and it's so funny you bring up that because jewel was in the studio with us when i was working at the country station here in town and and i I still work there but um it was jewel was with us uh, i think that morning or that afternoon uh, before she went over and sang the National Anthem. That's so yeah. crazy. Like, as soon as you started talking about her singing the National Anthem, all of that came rushing back to me when we had her in studio because she <laughs> had the country funny. record out at the time.
3: Yep, and what's really funny is that um, we actually, my, my little brother's girlfriend, uh, you know, was there, and of course she was in mourning and everything, and she was a huge Chipper Jones fan. So I actually, I actually told uh, one of the, you know, very kind people that was kind of uh, taking care of all of us, I was like, hey, and this is a complete lie. I go, hey, Jules, wondering if she could have a Chipper Jones sign baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, He's like, I don't. I don't know if we can get one during the game, and and I was like, oh, okay, no worries. He goes, but let me see what I can do, and he brings back about an inning or two later a a baseball signed by Chipper that I gave to my little brother's girlfriend, uh, and she like thought it was the funniest thing ever. And here's the deal, Jewel, if you asked her who Chipper Jones was, she'd be like, I have uh, no uh, idea. Uh, <laughs> a cartoon character? I have no idea. <laughs> That's
1: who who right, is. dude. This is the greatest story I've ever heard. It needs to be a movie or a song or something.
3: Yeah, so it was pretty funny. I feel. I feel Felt bad about lying to the guy, but yeah. I was like, I'm not getting baseball if I don't tell tell others for Jules. So, and it was just really, it was really funny. And uh, and actually, Chipper and I told you my little sister's dog is named Chipper. And me and Chipper were hanging out at the Furyk Foundation event uh, a couple years ago, and I said, Hey, Chipper. I don't ask anybody. The only person I've ever taken, asked to take a picture with me is Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. Yeah, understandable. I think like, I have to do this. I'm sorry, Mr. Plant. Will you do this? And I said, Chipper, I'm. I, I wouldn't ask you to take a picture there. I go, but can I hold up a picture on my phone of my little sister's dog, Chipper, and then we take you point at it and we take a picture? That's just <laughs> goes, awesome. He's like, he's like, I'm in, I'm in. So I took that picture and I sent it to Megan. And my little sister was like, "I absolutely I can't cuss, so I effing hate you right now." <laughs> How am I Joe? <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, it was one of my favorite pictures ever. It was just, a, it was just so funny. But uh, yeah, man. So the Braves, the Braves love and the and the family atmosphere of what the Braves have brought to so many of us have uh, it means more than I think. It's like it's like a great song or like a great artist of music. It just means so much more than we we could never repay the Braves for uh, for what they've meant to. Uh, to our family's lives and i think that that could probably be said across the board for uh for so many of us that grew up in the south you know and are still is still going forward you know with the with the Braves, with teams we have now you know the kids today they know akuna and they know swans you know dansby and that kind of stuff but they don't they might not know uh you know steve avery <laughs>
1: yeah well there's something wrong with them if they don't but you know what just to well, go back about what you said though The Braves, are. it's so much more important than just a kid's game. It represents so much. My dad and I, which I lost my dad about three years ago, I grew up watching the Braves or listening to them on the radio every night of my childhood, every day, and it meant so much to me. And I grew up looking at those 1980 Georgia National Championship bottles. So it's more than just a game. Like, it's part of who you are And so that's why when you tell those stories... I know exactly what you're talking about.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely it's um. I notice it, and we all notice it. You know, if you just get older. You just you have a different perspective. When you're a kid, you don't really recognize it. But I have just you know, when the Braves won in '91, and you know, Sid Bream, all the all that stuff. You know, it's um. I remember my dad was a weekend warrior. He always you know playing playing music, and I and I'm. It must have been one of those games. Must have been on the Friday or Saturday. I mean, I'm sure they were, but it was whatever it was. I remember my mom actually showed me sent me a picture recently of a of a handwritten note that I had left out for my dad like uh a like cookies for Santa Claus, you know what I mean? Like, a, I left a little handwritten note at the front door, and it's like the Braves won tonight, and I gave him like an update. It's like a, a, on a piece of paper, you know, like I, it like not like me. I was so young, I didn't realize that he'd probably seen it. he had been playing at a sports bar, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? but I was, but I still wanted to know, just in case he didn't know that the Braves had won the game. And that's uh, those are the types of things that um, you know, you just you, you can't uh, you can't ever take those away, or you can't ever give those things enough credit for, uh, for making families and uh, you know. We Once again, like we said, sports is this great, it's a great equalizer, but it's also a great connector and it allows, uh, it allows fathers and sons that maybe have, uh, would have a tough time having a communication. It gives them the opportunity to talk Um, and that can go on whether you're 11 and your, your pops is 40 or whether you're. Forty and your pops is eighty or ninety. That's right. You know it still gives you something to talk about, and that's uh and so uh so yeah. So uh thank you, uh thank you, Bobby Cox, and uh, I don't know Hank Aaron, Warren Spahn, I don't know who was Del Mertz, Bob Horner. We can go down the whole. Chipper, road, don't know, leave all, out
1: Chipper. Goodness gracious! No, I know. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm, just, I'm going back.
3: <laughs> and, you know, it's just it's just there's something special about, and that's the thing about baseball. It is the American pastime, and and I know that you know football, of course, has kind of become a king in its own right, but there is something special about a. Uh, about the feeling that uh, that those long long hot days of summer, when you're kind of paying attention, you know, at the end of the day, you turn on turn on television. There's baseball on. It just feels
1: like. Things are right. That's exactly right, man. You couldn't have said it better. Talking to uh, Patrick
2: Davis, you're also the founder of a boutique music festival called Songwriters in Paradise. Uh, you, you, you what do you call that? SIP, is that right? Or yeah. Uh, and yeah, it, it sure. happens uh, annually, right? in, in Napa, uh, Napa, Cabo, Bahamas.
3: Yeah, for sure, man. Just uh, you know, in Nashville, we always uh, we play pretty much constantly. Uh, you know, we we always do these things called Songwriters Rounds. Um, That's just, you know, three or four songwriters sitting in, uh, you know, in a line or in in a circle in the middle of the room, you know, uh, playing their songs, telling stories. The most famous place for that is, of course, the Bluebird Cafe. Mm -hmm. And we all, you know, we all play the Bluebird. So um, we think it's kind of commonplace. But what we kind of realized as I started traveling around, I was like, oh, this is not this is not normal it's only normal for nashville so i kind of decided i wanted to kind of take that model to some cool places you know as you start playing music and, and uh, getting out there and getting a little success you start meeting a lot of people and i uh, i got asked to do one in the bahamas and I, uh, I i kind of was asked to do a show a patrick davis show in the bahamas and i i said hey in lieu of just doing a normal show how about i bring some buddies down and that went so well um that that became an annual event and then from that i i decided to start songwriters in paradise and so uh sip and and it's uh, we started napa uh four years ago i do a uh, hillsburg which is in sonoma cabo and also the bahamas and uh, and it's uh, um it, it definitely does not suck man if you love if you love music and you love songwriting uh, and you like uh, you know for the wine country stuff. If you like wine, it's the place to be. Uh, it's, uh, I gotta you know, go. Do, uh, yeah, it's only it's. I keep it very exclusive because the Bluebird Cafe. what people don't know about the Bluebird. The Bluebird is only eighty people. That's, that's right. how many people get to the room. It feels like you're in the living room. You know, you're in, you're in someone's living room. Very very tight quarters. But that's kind of what the where the magic lies because it's so intimate. It's so unique. You really get a different perspective. Um, and so what I do at the uh, sip events is I I always keep the crowds. The, the passes. tickets, there's only 150 of them available um, total for the four-day passes, and so that really, really keeps that special feeling um it's just it's just something that you, you you don't get that you know i mean nothing wrong but listen i, lo- I would i'd love to see the food fighters play for eighty thousand people that's a very special thing and i love to play in front of thousands of people if i get the chance but man there's just something it's actually more terrifying playing in front of a smaller crowd because like you know that the people can see you and they're listening they can hear you when you mess up you know in a big crowd sometimes you can get away with stuff up um, a little bit. but it's, yeah but it's just a, it's really special man and it's um and a lot of the, uh, I have a lot of Atlanta folks. My buddy Christian Bush, who Atlanta boy and uh, you know from Sugar Land, and uh, let's see, uh, we got David Ryan Harris that plays guitar for uh, John Mayer and uh, Atlanta native. Is, uh, yeah. he just moved back to Atlanta. D R H does it, and um, you know, just a just a lot of good people, man. It's uh my buddy, uh, I don't know, some of the Zach Brown, uh, you know camp, you know, it's that kind of stuff, man. just really good guys and and a lot of. A lot of Georgia folks. So if you're listening to this in Georgia and you, you you think that I'm only South Carolina, I'm not just South Carolina. Okay, like you can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> yeah, where your heart
3: is, though, and I get it. Yeah, yeah. The songwritersinparadise.com, dot com, man, and you can get a lot of information there. And and uh, Napa's in April, uh, Sonoma Hillsburg is in July, and Cabo comes up next. It's in December, uh, right after Thanksgiving, and I can promise you, there's there's not many better places to be. Uh, the week after thanksgiving and that week before all the christmas shit happens I mean, it's yeah. not a much better
1: place to be That's than awesome. Cop- you got sip and then you've got uh whiskey jam which is made with firefly distillery there in charleston you got two bars in nashville dude when do you sleep
3: man not uh you know i i, I guess i just i like to travel the you know, us musician types man we, we like to be busy we like to move a lot and um i don't know i just i just i just love doing things i get i get bored very easily i guess and um And so it's just uh, you know I don't know we're only here for a limited time and uh, and I don't I don't I have to say no to some things but uh, but you know if I if I find an opportunity like you know we're musicians for God's sake so having bars and whiskeys and you know and traveling it just all goes together well they go hand in hand you know it's just kind of what we what we're used to you know there's there's the one thing musicians know it's the it's travel and
2: uh, and booze. <laughs> yeah, tell us hair, tell us hair. the name of those two Nashville bars so folks can check them out.
3: Yeah, man, if you go if you you're in your Nashville cat or your Nashville guys going on vacation, man, it's a it's called Never Never is a, is the one that we've uh, we've had for a few years now, and uh, it's over by um, by I guess you know uh, Nashville FC the new soccer stadium yep. about a mile or so outside of downtown. Beautiful beautiful area, and uh, Never Never is a is a really cool uh, if you want an off the you know, it's more of a local spot, um, but it's it's always rocking. But it's it's not on Broadway. And sometimes Broadway is great. But what I always find about Broadway, it's like after a day or two of Broadway, your liver and your ears are kind of in pain. So you gotta you got you're like my I've been listening to music loud music for too long, and uh, and I've, I've been drunk for 48 hours. I probably need to go somewhere. <laughs> <else>. Never never, but <laughs> that kind of cool little area over there and then uh and we have a new place over across uh in east nashville Uh it's called the Dyke and um that's right across the river that's kind of the um best way i can describe it is kind of like i don't know what would you guys have y'all would have a, uh y'all have like the eddie vatic area yeah you sure know that area uh, we're kind of where it's kind of over in emory kind of a, yeah, Decatur. Kind of a Cool, like trendy like um artsy area that's kind of east nashville it's kind of where more of the artists live and uh it's a cool place but the van dykes over there and actually eddie's attic i mean i need to mention this um, i don't know exactly when this is going uh, on air but i plan eddie's attic november 11th i think is uh when i'm at eddie's um and i'll be with uh, kind of a stripped down version of the midnight choir because eddie's attic while it's an extraordinary venue and one of my favorite places on the planet to play um it's only it's a very small stage so we're yeah, uh, getting a le- People up there. I've done it before, but it's uh, it's it's little. It's like being cramped in a bathroom, you know.
2: <laughs> Tug and I tight. are going to have to make it out to Eddie's yeah, attic on November 11th. To I would see love that one.
1: to come see you play, man. I uh, I actually text a friend, and she's a huge Gamecocks fan. Parents live in Charleston, and I literally text her like, "Hey, you heard of this guy?" And she was like, "Yes, huge fan," and she knew she knew a lot of your music, and and wow. uh, you know, so it was it was one of those moments where you know, because we, we go back and forth, like you and I were talking about with with college football. We always go back and forth, but we kind of meet in the middle on the Braves and on music.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, Gamecock, Gamecock folks, I, I, I definitely, they've been very good. You know, being, a, being in South Carolina, South Carolina's a small state. There's not a lot of us that, uh, that you know, get out and uh, do, you know, of course, everybody knows Darius or the Hootie guys or Edwin McCain. Sure. Or, sure. There's not that Lee Bryce, I guess, a few other folks. Yeah. Marcus King amazing guitar player Marcus King is from there mm-hmm. um, but uh but yeah it's uh when it comes to Gamecock stuff yeah it's it's uh it's probably you know Darius and then probably me because I, uh, I I did a as a joke back in 2000 I think nine or ten I went to a football game and this will just tell you how deep our SEC love is you understand this and I uh, I was at the stadium and we beat uh, it was a Thursday night game and we beat the number four ranked it was Ole Miss was actually ranked number four highly right. highly uh, you know, they were. They shouldn't have been that highly ranked, but uh, but we beat them, and I remember the stadium was rocking, and I was like, "Why don't we have a song, man? We should have a song." And as a songwriter, I was like, "What would that song be?" And I knew it had to be kind of tongue in cheek, kind of funny, and I realized that the perfect song for South Carolina. Would be a song called "I'm Just a Big Old Cock." So I wrote that. <laughs> no, right. I wrote that, and it literally it's like it's like a cult favorite. I mean, they play it at, at tailgates, a non-stop out. If you walk through tailgating in South Carolina, man, you're gonna hear that song you, it, at least three or four times on every row. And uh, and so it's it's been a lot of fun. That just kind of put me in a different. Uh, and then the university at first was kind of offended by it, and now I'm sure. they've kind of they've kind of changed. And uh, I actually did an album uh, for the university and helped them raise some money for stuff. Uh, called the Gamecock album, where I wrote a few songs for. Uh, you know, I call it Gamecock propaganda. But you know, it's like uh, I mean, Corey Snow, of course, has got his uh, you know what is a good dog- good day to brother. every dog has so, his day. Dog has day, yeah. And, and so it's it's just you know those types of things. We all need them, man. You know that's that's the thing. We we what we want to we want to feel that that feeling, you know. And so uh, yeah, so uh. And when I'm walking around sometimes in South Carolina, they'll be like, are you the big old cock guy? And I'll go, you know what?
1: <laughs> Yes, I am, a as a matter lot- of fact. <laughs>
3: there are a lot of things. Be upset about being known as, and that's not one of them. So <laughs> I get exactly right. yeah, man. That's
1: me, man. That's me. That's yeah, so. so funny, and I love it. And it and it <laughs> so resonates, man. It so makes sense to me. Hey, uh, quickly, as we start wrapping up here, man, because we yeah. appreciate your time talking to yeah. uh, just an incredible artist, Patrick Davis. Patrickdavismusic.com is his website, and he's a big South Carolina fan and a big praise fan. Since you do a lot of traveling, all right, give me the mom's and pop restaurants throughout the South or in South Carolina or in Nashville barbecues. What? Where are your favorite places to eat when you're on the road?
3: Man, um, you know I, I travel so much, I pop in and out of places. Um, I, I'm going to give you this because I'm going to give some love to my Nashville and South Carolina folks. Man, right. if you guys are in Nashville, you should you should hit up. There's a place called Korea House, and I know you got to be a little like adventurous, but it is the best. It, it's, if you like if you like Korean food, like just oh my God, man, get the bibimbap. It's unbelievable, and it's it's a small. It looks like when you walk into it, man, it, you think you're in you're in a doctor's office, you know. Like, but no. trust me, wow, it's amazing. And uh, and then uh, if you're traveling, if you if you happen to be in South Carolina and you you're going through uh, you know Camden where I grew up, man, um, you got to hit up a place called Chops Camden House of Pizza. Um, I, every time I go home. I I go I go straight to Camden House of Pizza. It doesn't matter when that's I'm awesome. where I am. So there's a place called Little Midget that has amazing hot dogs in Camden, and and then you know in Charleston, you, you know you talk that's how you talk about spending time in Charleston. Um, Charleston just has so many incredible restaurants. Um, sometimes when I have to drive from uh, if I'm doing Charleston, and maybe I got something in Myrtle Beach. Man, there's a there's this place called the Seaweed Restaurant uh, in Allendale, South Carolina, middle of nowhere, but like just incredible. Uh, you know, veggies and sides and
1: mom and, and pop uh, kind of joint,
3: mom and pop, man. And there's one, there's one more mom and pop in Nashville, I gotta mention McCabe Pub. Um, it's been there for, since 1983. It looks like when you walk in, it looks like it looks like they should cat We should be talking about like the original Caddyshack movie, like how it just came out. You should be like, man, y'all seen a new Caddyshack movie?
2: <laughs> That's Listen,
3: awesome, I, uh, man. So, uh, McKay Pub, it's been there for a while, man. And, uh, I love traveling, and, and I'm, I'm leaving probably a number of places that I've gone to that are awesome. Off, but one of my favorite things in the world to do is drive through a small town and just be like, "What do you think about that?" You I know, love it. Kind of the deal, man. So, uh, so I, I tell folks, man, uh, just get out there, man, go explore. The South is a uh, the South is a lot more than just Atlanta and Charleston, and uh, you know, and, and Greenville and Charlotte. Man, it's a, there's a Birmingham, whatever. There's so many places that are wonderful all over the uh, South. There's a reason that so many folks want to be; they want to move here. <laughs> That's exactly
1: right, dude. A hundred percent. And I gotta tell you, we got to turn off the vacancy sign at some point.
3: <laughs> you know, there was an article in the free weekly in Nashville about ten years ago, and, and on the front of it, it said. Stop being nice to people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right, because they keep moving here because of it.
3: So they, and the first thing that everybody says when they come to the South is, they go, "Man, you know the people are just so nice. You know, they just I got my my Uber, my you know taxi, or I went to the restaurant, and everybody's talking to me, and that's just who we are, man. And that's you know, that's I the beauty." I, you know it's a beautiful thing,
2: Patrick Davis. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Braves Country Podcast today. Yeah. It was great talking yeah. with you, brother. And I uh, hope you'll come yeah. see us maybe at the Braves Radio Network studios soon. Maybe bring your acoustic or some of the band members and uh, play a few of the new songs. Maybe play the new single "Carolina When I Die." And uh, I, you're always welcome here, man.
3: I definitely will, man. Next next time I'm going to come down. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pick it a, a game day, and I'm going to come down and play some songs, and then go watch the Braves kick. You know whoever's uh, whoever's ass they need to. That's right.
1: You're exactly right, man. Well, you're part of the Braves Country Podcast family and uh, honored to have you on the team, Patrick Davis. Make sure you share the show with your friends. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, in November, check out Patrick as he's playing Eddie's Attic. All right, Patrick, dude, thank you so much, brother. God bless you. Thank you for your time, and uh, go Braves.
3: Yeah, thank you guys so much, man. It was a pleasure, man. And go Braves. Y'all be good. All
1: right, All brother. Right, see, see, you. see you now. See you <laughs> Bye, guys. This episode of Braves Country is sponsored by our Braves fan friends down at Century 21, Solomon Properties in Savannah, Georgia, servicing the historic downtown Savannah area, the island area, and Atlanta's beach, beautiful Tybee Island, Georgia. Call Joel Solomon today, 912-604-0896. That's 912-604-0896 for all your real estate needs on the Georgia coast. Braves Country, also sponsored by Smith's Old Bar, best live music venue in Atlanta since 1994, located in the heart of Midtown at 1578 Piedmont Avenue. Smith's Old Bar is a neighborhood joint for everyone. Check out smithsoldbar.com for the current concert calendar and tickets. See y'all at Smith's.
2: Braves Country supports the Warrior Alliance and the Shepherdsmen, two phenomenal veteran organizations based in the South. Check out thewarrioralliance.org and shepherdsmen.com for more info and resources. Resources. That's the warrioralliance.org and shepherdsmen.com. Brave's country would like to thank all of our nation's great veterans.